dropping in on you hope everybody is having an unbelievable start to your week no matter where you're at don't forget if you're still breathing you're still in the fight so don't give up don't uh succumb to whatever situations that may be staring you down those situations are momentary uh they are temporary you are in a process of movement moving and you will move out of them stay focused stay fixed on the things that are important I want to quickly, uh, hello, Jody. Uh, I want to quickly um, remind you that we are right now, I'm excited uh, about uh, really rolling out this program I created back in November of last year, uh, where I am teaching people the processes and formulas that I use to launch online businesses and online revenue generating opportunities at the most difficult time of my business career in my life period um, and how I did it consistently after that. And I am teaching people how to literally launch a, an online, a legitimate online business in seven days. Uh, if you have any desire to create revenue, this isn't about necessarily creating your dream career. You can eventually model it out and scale it out and do whatever you want to with it. But this is about taking opportunities that are currently present online that don't require you to have any product, uh, any particular service that you're offering. If you do, I can show you how to uh, put that up, get that going and market it as well. But this is about being able to use what's already out there. Literally, you can go out there and build this thing and create this thing in a week. And I've done it to where I've gotten so adept at doing it that I literally can do it in a day. I can literally sit up and come up with an idea. And a lot of times you guys get it and don't realize you're getting it. But I could come up with an idea and say, okay, man, I I, I want to give this to someone. And this is what I'm going to, this is the price I'm going to give them at. And this is what I'm going to do. And then I'll sit up and I'll create a landing page. I'll create whatever and I'll get it out there. And boom, there it is. A lot of that stuff is also what I call deployable assets, meaning that once I put it out there, it's out there. I'm, even after I stop promoting it, it's out there and it's searchable. And people come across of it. And I have stuff that I created five years ago that I'm no longer promoting, but the information and the, uh, Stuff is out there and people will literally get it. And I get a, 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 a ding telling me, hey, look, this person just purchased. And I'm like, OK, cool. I mean, I forgot that was out there. And then it may trigger another idea about how I can improve on what I put out five years ago. And it'll come back around full circle. But I'm going to show you how to do that. If you have any desire 
to supplement income, to change careers, to create uh, uh, something. And I'm going to tell you something about deployable is uh, deployable assets. That's a form of passive income that once you create it, it's out there and it'll continue to produce revenue uh, without you having to go back and forth and recreate, recreate, recreate. It's something that you definitely should learn about in the digital age is deployable asset. Create something that's valuable, put it out there and then let it go to work. Uh, that's out there. What I really want to talk to you today is about how my flagship program with the Visionetics Institute, which is a part of Rick Wallace Enterprises, how that got started and why it's so important and why I'm so passionate about it and why I am so good at what I do. Um, and yes, I'm extremely confident because I produced it, but it all began with the belief that I could. And let me show you how it all starts. Um, as far back as probably around the seventh grade, I had this uh, interest in psychology. Uh, what makes people do what they do? You know, why do people behave in certain ways? What's the driving force behind it? And it was a toss between becoming an attorney and becoming a psychologist on some level, some form, didn't really know where I was going to end up with it. But it was those two. In 1985, uh, I was watching the Phil Donahue show, and there was a person on there by the name of Dr. Francis Crest Welsing. Uh, I believe I was in the 11th grade at the time. And I sit down and I watched her defend a very controversial uh, dissertation at the time, which was the Crest Theory of Color Confrontation. Uh, I'm not going to get into the details of it, but she was not only uh, uh, successfully defending her dissertation, but she was also at the same time rebutting what was where we were on the heels of the black inferior intellectual inferiority argument that blacks were inherently intellectually inferior to whites, which started in the 70s and moved up into the early 80s. But it was being uh, rebutted in different places. Well, anyway, after watching that, it was no doubt what I was going to do. I was going to get into psychology. So I started to study two people that influenced me heavily after that in the sense of what I would end up doing were uh, Dr. Matthew Maltz and uh, Guy Greenfield. Both of them focused on the self-image. Now, the self-image is extremely powerful and people don't realize it. The self-image is not something you are born with. It is something that is developed through experiences, encounters, and a number of different things. Early in life, you have what you call label givers. Label givers are the people who, when you listen to them, they are telling you who you are. Your primary and most forceful label givers are your parents. Your parents will literally tell you who you are. And that's why I tell parents, you have to be extremely careful about how you refer to your kids, how you address your kids. You should never use the term stupid, dumb, ugly, uh, anything derogatory, anything negative, anything that assigns to them something that is undesirable or limiting. You have to be very careful about that. Why? Because your opinion of them has great weight because of the authority you have in their lives. And at the time they are, they're looking for an identity. They're hoping you're giving them that identity. Even when you don't see it, you should be speaking positivity into the life of your kids. But what happens is these label givers give it to them. Now, here's the force of the self-image. The self-image is basically how we see ourselves in the world, how we see ourselves functioning. What do we think we're capable of? How, how much power do we give? the external forces outside of ourselves versus how much power do we give ourselves to move within those forces and to operate successfully through these labyrinthine corridors 
uh, that we call challenges in our lives. And depending upon how a person sees themselves, it's going to detect, it's going to determine their decision making, their behavior, how they act, how they respond, and so many other things. Well, what happens is there used to be that this belief that around five or seven years old, you become hardwired in the person you're going to become. So whatever you are at that time, self-image wise or whatever, you 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 don't uh, you don't get to really change that much. You're pretty much who you're going to be. Well, we know that's not true. Now there's this thing called neuroplasticity that says that you can literally rewire your brain. You can rewire your subconscious. You can really rewire, and you can also enlarge your self-concept because when you enlarge your self-image or enlarge your self-concept um when you enlarge your self-concept you enlarge your capacity to perform well with dr matthew maltz uh who wrote psycho cybernetics in uh, i want to say 1960 he exposes dr marx used to be a uh, was initially a um, plastic surgeon. And what he found was this phenomenon where some of the people that he would get, he was a world-renowned plastic surgeon. Let me get that correct. He was remarkable, especially at this time. We're talking 50s, 60s. This guy was the guy. And what he found is that some of his patients would be ecstatic. They would get their new improvements and their whole life would just change their view of the world and everything like that. And then there were other people who would have successful surgeries by all measurable standards, but would still have low self-esteem, would still be depressed, would still have all these things. And he couldn't understand why. So he literally went and took a psychology course. He wanted to understand what was happening beneath the surface. And what he discovered was that if you don't change the self-image, you can change everything around a person and their reality doesn't change. How they see themselves is going to dictate their behavior no matter what you give them, no matter how many tools you give them, no matter how many things you set in front of them. If they see themselves as a failure, they're going to fail. If they see themselves as being ugly, there's nothing you can do to them to change that. They have to change the self-image within themselves. And then he discovered that you can. And why he called it psycho-cybernetics was because he was referring to the term cybernetics. A cybernetic uh, mechanism, uh, probably the most common uh, cybernetic, cybernetic mechanism that most people are familiar with, is your thermostat in your home. If you take your thermostat in your home, especially a th smart thermostat to where you don't have to turn it on heat or cool, you just have to set the temperature and it figures out what needs to be done. If you take that and you say you set it, uh, the temperature on 74 and it's hot outside and you open the doors, well, obviously hot air is going to come in and the temperature in the house is going to go up. What happens? The moment that the thermostat senses that the temperature is going up, it does what? It turns on the air conditioning, the AC unit, to cool it off to get it back to 74 degrees. And it'll consistently do that until it achieves 74 degrees. And then what if it's cold outside and you open the door and it drops? It'll turn the heat on to get to 74 degrees. Its goal is to get to 74 degrees. No matter what happens, no matter what external forces, it will stay at 74 degrees until you change the thermostat. Same thing with autopilot, another cybernetic uh, mechanism. You set a plane on autopilot and it's set to go a certain way. Well, what I can tell you is that when you're flying a plane and the winds are blowing, you're getting shears and everything like the plane is constantly being knocked off course. You're constantly, when you're flying from one place to another, you're being constantly knocked off course. However, autopilot has a bearing and it senses that it's not on course. So what does it do? It recorrects. It corrects. 
it 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 puts you back on path and you go and then you get knocked off and you get you're knocked off so many times on the course of a three-hour flight you couldn't even imagine it but the autopilot just keeps recorrecting uh cal recalibrating gets you back on track and you get there well the human self-image is the same way you can sit up and you can take a person and you can put them in a situation and you can tell them hey this is what's going on this is what you are but the person is ultimately going to uh consult their self-image they're going to consult what they believe they are and how they believe in this world and they're going to respond and in 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 the natural process of simply sustaining and maintaining sanity a person is going to behave in accordance with their what they see in themselves and their self-image their self-image is going to be this restrictive force or this liberating force that's going to determine how they move in life uh, i'll give you a physical analogy there's a story of a, a, a pumpkin farmer um, who, you know, uh, uh, obviously farmed and raised uh, pumpkins for sale. And so harvest time for pumpkins is what? In the fall. So he's doing during the, uh, late summer. He's walking around and he notices that some kind of crazy way one of the pumpkin sprouts had grew into a jar, that a, a big glass jar uh, uh or a bottle, a huge jar or something that was left out there in the field. And instead of breaking the jar and letting the pumpkin out, he decided to do his own little experiment. And what he did is he let it sit in there. And what he realized is that over time, while the other pumpkins were growing and everything like that, this pumpkin was restricted in its growth to the size of the space that the jar allowed. The jar had become the restricting force that was constricting its growth. And two things happened when he finally decided to go break the jar open and take it out. Two things had happened. The pumpkin was half the size of all the other pumpkins, and it was the shape of the jar that it was in. And that's your self-image. Your self-image is literally shaping how you move and function in the world. If you want to change your situation, if you want to change where you're at, you can go do all the steps of success and all that other stuff. But if you don't change your self-image, which tells you it's possible, if you don't change and develop a self-image that tells you what you're pursuing is within your grasp, you can pursue it, you can fight it, but your ultimate reality is going to be produced by how you see yourself in the world. You have to change your self-image. That's what Visionetics is all about. And that's how I help people literally develop and enlarge their self-image. It's real simple when you think about it. It's called a creative reality. A creative reality is, is, is basically the premise on which Visionetics is built. The creative reality is this. It is using the science that, that, uh, that we, uh, we now understand where we know that our neurological system, our brains, uh, and every other neurological connection that experiences life cannot distinguish between what's being imagined and what's actually taking place. If you have a very vivid imagination, you can literally create emotions based on the things you're imagining. You can imagining you can imagine something happen at a vivid enough level, and you will literally trigger emotions in, that are in correspondence to what you're imagining. Why? Because the the neural your neural system cannot determine or distinguish between what you're imagining and what's actually happening. Why is that powerful? Because now I can use this creative reality to create ideas about myself that aren't in reality 
in this true sense of the third dimensional realm in which we reside. So I can literally create a new world for myself that I spend more time in, that I'm focused on, that I can literally consistently do. Now, the more I visit this new world, this new vision, this new idea about myself, the more I begin to embrace its possibilities. That's why affirmations are so powerful. The more affirmations that I speak in, in, in correspondence to the person I desire to be, not the person I see myself as, but the person I desire to be, I began to replace the notions of myself as I see myself. I created programs that helped my clients literally develop and enlarge their self-image because without that, I can teach them all of the strategies, all the plans. We can sit down and map it out for the next two years, what you're going to do and how you get there. And they will find a way to self-sabotage it because they have to stay in alignment with how they see themselves. So before I can do anything with anyone, I've got to change those limiting beliefs about themselves that they have uh, accumulated over time. Maybe it was something mama said. Maybe mom told you that you were dumb. Maybe mama told you you weren't smart. Maybe mom told you you're 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 only ever be able to do as much. Maybe mom, you, you told mom about a dream or a vision or something you wanted to do when you grew up and she told you that wasn't realistic, that all you'll ever be able to do is this. Maybe mom or dad squeezed you into the little boxes that they've lived their entire lives in and, and, and made it so scary for you to climb out that you developed an idea that this is where I have, this is where where I hang, this is what I get. And sometimes your, your self-image isn't so much about what you think you can do, but what you might think will happen if you do it. Some people, it isn't about, I don't believe I can. It's about if I do it, what might happen? And so they don't, they never brought, you've got to shift that. You've got to change that. You've got to have an understanding of exactly how it's impacting you. Some of you right now today are living lives off of old paradigms, living lives on, a, on, a, on an antiquated or misinformed self-image. And, and here's the thing. We are all pretty much the same in the sense that we have an exceptional marker. And when I say exceptional marker, what do I mean? I mean that we are the same in the sense that every last person that I've ever encountered, every person I've ever studied, every person I've ever counseled, I've worked with, I've trained, I've coached, you know, all of the studies that I've looked up and researched and read over the time that I've been involved in this, which is far too many to mention in 30 something years, what I can tell you is this, I've yet to meet a person that didn't have a gift. I'm yet to meet a person that didn't have some form of a genius. Now, the problem is most people are allowing their genius to be judged by someone outside of the spectrum of who they are. And now they are being judged and they're living their lives based off the random opinions of other people. They're allowing other people to define who they are instead of learning how to live in their gift. I've worked with people with autism who now own and run international companies. Matter of fact, even though I never worked with them, uh, the richest man, I think he's still the richest man, uh, Elon Musk, is on the autism spectrum. So don't tell me what's possible. The thing is, people tell you a limit. People tell you, well, this is all you can do. People tell you that you're restricted. This is where you have to stay because this is who you are, because you have this learning disability, because you have this behavioral issue, because you have this, because you were born here, because you went there, because of this, because of that. You, you know, maybe you made a mistake and you were incarcerated. Maybe this happened. but And now you've got this idea about yourself in the world and how the world is going to respond to you. And it's limiting who you are and how you're moving. You've got to change that. You can't look for nobody else. And 
matter of fact, what I can tell you is if you don't change your view of yourself in this world, someone can come open the door to abundance, pull you in on the other side and expose you to everything that you will ever need to do anything that you ever want. And you will find a way to get back on the other side of the fence because you have not changed your thinking about yourself. That's the power of the self-interest. That's psycho-cybernetics. That is why I created Visionetics, because there's a way to walk out of those limiting beliefs. There's a way to walk out of those limiting uh, ideas about yourself, that self-image. And even when you expand out and you explore it at a deeper level, you start talking about self-concept. It can only do and be what your self-image is. Your self-concept is just an expanded exploration of your self-image. So if your self-image is limited, your self-concept will be too. Here's the problem. If my self-image is limited, then my self-esteem is limited. My self-confidence is limited. My ability to be mobile in this society and do exceptional and extraordinary things is limited, not because they're truly limited or restricted, but because I have accepted that I have no power in this world to do anything other than what I'm doing. But the beauty of it is you can change it. You can literally reshape and enlarge your self-image to explore the possibilities of your capacity and your genius. Yes, there's a level of genius in every person. And, and, and it's not all in the same way. The problem is we have been trained to judge ourselves based off a standardized idea of what's special, you know, you know, if you're a great mathematician, you you you, you consider to be a genius. If you're an extraordinary musician, you consider to be a genius. But the truth, truth of the matter is your genius may be in something different. And you've got to be okay with operating in your genius because that's where your power. Uh, there's a scripture in the Bible that says that your gift will bring you before great men, that your, your, your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men. The very thing that you need is already on the inside of you. But the thing that's holding you back is something that you've developed through life experiences, through giving uh, credence to how someone else thinks of you. Now you need to reshape that tote, not based on how you think of you, but based on what you desire for you. You've got to change your self-image to be capable of housing what's necessary to be all the things that you desire to be in this world. And the beauty is it's possible. That's the first thing that you have to discover in life in order to do something exceptional, in order to do something extraordinary. You've got to discover and accept the fact that what you desire to do is possible. It's possible. I don't I don't I, I tell my clients all the time. It's something that I learned a long time ago that one of the biggest problems why people don't succeed is that when they're making up in their mind whether they're going to do something or not, they start consulting how. They start looking for the way they're going to do it. And here's the problem. If you're going to do something you have never done before, what are the chances of knowing how you're going to do it? You're not. But what happens is this natural desire to consult oneself about how you're going to accomplish something normally puts you back in the corner of where you're used to being because that's where you're familiar and you never, ever explore it. When you are seeking to do something beyond what you have already done in life, something that you have never experienced, something you have never explored, when you're looking to take your life to the next level, how you are going to get there is none of your business. Not at this point. Not at this point. Not when you're trying to make the commitment. The commitment is made before you know how. I'm telling you, I can't tell you how many times that I've stood up there and decided I was going to do something. Had never done it before and decided I was going to do it. 
and then went out and figured out what needed to be done. I made the commitment first because if I didn't make the commitment first and I started exploring all these different things that had to be done, I probably would have balked on it. Hey, man, I don't, ooh, that's a, but once you make a commitment, if you're truly committed, if you truly honor yourself, that's another thing. See, the reason that commitments work for me is because I honor myself. I make a promise to myself. It's as strong as it can be. I don't like letting anybody down. I don't like making promises that I can't keep. Sometimes things get out of your control, but for the most part, you try to stay within the confines of what you know you can do. But I don't don't like letting anybody down. But the person I don't want to let down the most is me. I hold myself accountable to the standards that I've set for my life at a level higher than anyone else can possibly hold me. So in essence, I've got to go out there and follow through because I made the commitment. I'm looking at sometimes I'm looking at this stuff, man, what did I get myself into? Then I tell myself, well, you're here. You said you were going to do it. Got to get it done. And then the beauty of it starts to come into play and the challenges all of a sudden start to become these little puzzles. It starts to become this thing that, man, I'm getting stronger in this particular skill set. I'm getting stronger in this particular philosophy and concept. I'm getting stronger in being able to manage and do things. I've literally become something I wasn't by doing something I said I was going to do before I knew how I was going to do it. That is the beauty of this thing. Stop consulting someone who doesn't know about something you'll find out later. You have unlimited potential to do things, but you eliminate those things by your current life experiences or worse, you're consulting your past. That familiar past will have you locked in a cycle of repetitive stagnancy that will literally drain every bit of life out of you to the point that you would just simply succumb to a notion or an idea that this is my lot in life. You got a bunch of people who have never, ever explored beyond their 20s the idea of escaping poverty. Why? Because they bought into an idea in their mind and they serviced that idea to the point at which they started to believe that the reality that they were experiencing was meant for them. They didn't have the fortitude or the push to go forward. And so they eventually bought into it. It's called learned helplessness. It's the idea. I've tried it so many times that I've just come to the conclusion that it's not possible. So it's no no use of trying anymore. So I'll never explore it again. I'm going to toss it to the side. This is just what it is. It's never just what it is. There's absolutely nothing in your life that's just what it is. You can make it greater. You can make it better. You can make it bigger. You can move faster. There's so much more to what life is in front of you than what you see, but you're going to have to be willing to explore it. You're going to have to be willing to go beyond what it is is that is in front of you. Stop accepting these things that don't serve you as your lot in life. Poverty is not your lot in life. Uh, Struggling on a job you hate is not your lot in life. Being in a miserable relationship because you don't think you deserve better is not your lot in life. You've got to learn how to rise above it. Well, With all that being said, look, I really and truly thank you for allowing me to evade your your space this morning, as I always do. I'm very grateful that you have spent time with me. I hope that you have got some out of this. What I want you to understand is that you will only move as far as your idea of who you are will allow you. 
Those limiting beliefs that are embedded in your self-image have to be replaced with beliefs that will take you beyond where you are in the day. I literally do this. I love doing it. It's an awesome thing. Uh, in the description box is a course I call Crush, uh, that I entitled Crushing Limiting Beliefs. I actually created it and sold the rights to it to a <coughs> larger organization over five years ago. It was a five-year license. That license expired at the end of last year, and I took it back. And they wanted to re renew it, but I decided I was going to really use it to help people because I have this goal this year of literally reaching one million people. And obviously, I can't do that in one-on-ones. So I've got to do it in these many different ways of getting myself out in front of people in different ways of uh, Im imaging, video, audio. So we got podcasts everywhere. We got videos everywhere. We've got new, new books coming out this year. Uh, I'm dropping two new books and I'm dropping a revised version, a re basically a rewritten version of my first book, The Invisible Father Reversing the Curse of a Fatherless Generation. More on that uh, a little later today. But this, this, this uh, course, uh, and I'm, I'm and I'm offering it for a lot less than they were offering it because I want more people to be able to have access to it. But what I'm telling you is you can't get anywhere without changing your self-image. Um, you know, and like I said, Guy Greenfield and Dr. Matthew Marks uh, had such a massive impact on helping me understand that. And I, I, I use that to literally shape and reshape and reshape and reshape my own self-image. I'm study exploring uh, boundaries and beyond. I'm study looking at things that are now my boundaries and I keep expanding them. I just keep pushing them out, keep pushing them out. And, I, and I'm never going to get to a point to where I've reached the capacity of who I am. And so I'll, when I leave this place, I'll still be pushing boundaries. And what I want to do is help as many people as possible do the same thing. Where you're at right now, you are not stuck, but you're going to have to be willing to make a move to change it. It's not going to be changed by wishful thinking. Matter of fact, wishful thinking will actually do the reverse. It'll start. So when you start wishing for something, it's because you don't think you can create it. See, if I if I can create something, I have no need to wish for it. The more you wish for something, the more helpless you become because you're waiting on an external force to provide what you have the capacity to provide for yourself. So in essence, what I'm challenging you to do is make the first move, make a chance. Um, this course has 15 lessons that walk you through the process of visionetics, uh, the recreation of an creative reality, creative imaging, creative ideas that really reshape your self-image. This is powerful. This is really powerful. I know this isn't the explosive emotional thing that you normally get from me, but this is scientifically solid and it is the core, the, 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 the literally core and, and foundation of what I do at the Visionetics Institute. Um, and so I am challenging you make a move. I would love to see you just expand and spread your wings and do what you're capable of doing. On that note, I'm checking out of here. As, as I always say, I live my life on full so that I can die on E. And I will check with you guys later. <laughs>